0: Just do it. Create. Go have a conversation with someone who has something interesting to say. Someone whose insights your audience should hear. Record it. And there you go. You've got the foundation of a podcast. Depending on who you are, who your brand is, and who your audience is, your show may already be ready to ship just that way as is, or it may be ready for a whole lot of production work. But With this first step, with that conversation, you've started it, that connection. But where do you go from there? I'm Lindsay Chepkama, CEO and co-founder of Casted, the first and only marketing platform built around branded podcasts. And this is our podcast. We're back. We are talking to marketing leaders and business leaders linked to the brand podcast you love to understand the roles that those shows play in the brand's overall marketing strategy and the business story. You're getting a behind the scenes or I guess rather behind the mic look at why those brands are investing in podcasting, why those leaders support them and how they are driving strategies and businesses forward. Today's conversation is with the one, the only Dave Gerhardt. It's no secret that Dave and I share a deep love for podcasting. This medium has become a huge part of both of our lives, which made it really special to hear how his love affair with podcasting began, as well as how he's leveraging the microphone still today. You'll even hear a few ideas that you can take action on today.
1: I'm Dave Gerhardt. I'm the Chief Marketing Officer at Privy.
0: Awesome. And I'm so glad that you're here. I'm so excited to talk podcasting with you. Tell me a little bit about how you fell for podcasting and and kind of where, where it started, part of your story from a marketing strategy, marketing leadership perspective.
1: So I started my first podcast in March of 2014, and it was called Tech in Boston, uh, I was not even working in marketing at the time but I wanted to like it wasn't actually a marketing endeavor it was I wanted to start a little bit of a like side project of, of my own and that kind of always wanted to start something a blog a newsletter and I was just like you know what I, I, I got really into podcasts and I was listening to them all the time at a time when it was like you know, it's not even that long ago but 2014 I'd be on the bus riding home, listening to a podcast, and I, you know, talk to someone like, "Oh yeah, like, what do you do on the bus?" So I listen to podcasts, and so was like, "What's a podcast? Like, how do you even do that? Like, do you need like a USB cable, like, and you have to hook it up to your computer?" And so I, I was listening to a podcast called "This Week in Startups," and I was really into startups at the time. And through that show, it was cool, but it was always, always like about uh, West Coast entrepreneurs on the West Coast. And so I was like. I'm in the Boston tech scene. There's a lot happening here. Like, why hasn't anybody? And I, I tweeted out, like, why hasn't anybody started a podcast about like Boston, you know, entrepreneurs in Boston? And uh, two two people responded uh, and they're like, oh, you should just start that. And I was like, okay, sure. I'll figure it out. And so I figured out how to start a podcast and 60 episodes later it became this thing that I did in addition to my job. And it was this amazing side project that got me connected to like 60 entrepreneurs and CEOs in Boston. I built an email list of four or 5,000 people. I learned how to sell sponsorships, learned how to do audio. And, and it was it was such a cool project for me because it didn't feel like a podcast. It felt like a I built a little mini business. And it was from that podcast that I actually got my job at HubSpot. Mike Volpe, who was the CMO at HubSpot at the time, they wanted to start a podcast at HubSpot. And so he hired me because he knew me locally to like run their podcast. So I helped them launch the growth show and after i had done those two things like when i went to drift we had a really i had a really cool opportunity to work with david cancel and i was the first marketing person at drift and i just needed to get marketing content out of him and so i just started interviewing him like with my podcast gear that i had and i was just going to ghostwrite for him and that, that transformed into into us like he he wasn't very good at just like being interviewed and then just having to like talk for 30 minutes and so it became more of like I had to do an interview back and forth with him to get more stuff out of him. And that morphed into this really cool conversation about these two people at completely different ends of their spectrum. And from a career, like you have this proven CEO and this like no name up and coming marketing person. And we ended up turning into a podcast uh, called seeking wisdom. And so like, you know, really quickly in the course of a year and a half, I had launched three podcasts and now it's kind of just become like a pillar of anything that I, that I do in marketing. Cause I think it's, it's like having your own like if if 20 years ago somebody said to you hey you could have your own like radio station and you really wouldn't have to pay much to do it and like if you do it right you could get thousands of your dream customers to listen to you like would you want to do that but for whatever reason people still don't seem to think of that and when they think of podcasting
0: Absolutely absolutely and I think that happens so often, right, is that we go, as, as the young no-name marketing person, we go to the people who have that subject matter expertise. We go to the people who know what it is that you want to be, but you're charged to go talk about. And quite often we take copious notes or, you know, I always used to do the same thing either for myself or for my team, where you record that interview and then you use it to create all that written content, to spin out a ton of other content. And somewhere along the way, it was like, why don't we just turn this into a podcast? Right. And those are the most interesting podcasts to listen to because it really is inviting the listeners in on a conversation, right? It's, it's allowing them to listen in on, on something that they wouldn't otherwise be able to be in on. Right.
1: Yeah. And like be, be, from that, we told the story of building drift as it was happening on the podcast. And so there's people who heard us talk about getting like our first a hundred customers on that podcast. And I think you're exactly right. Like we, we cre- you create this relationship, people, because I think it's it's such an intimate marketing channel where it's the only one that I know that like I I could be at the gym listening to your like I could be listening to this interview in 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 a couple weeks when I'm working out in the morning, or you know mowing the lawn, or shoveling the driveway, or cleaning the house while the kids are napping, and I don't know of how many other marketing channels like have that opportunity, and I think it it is really cool because you can just be yourself and just kind of like turn on the mic. And if you have something that's interesting to say to even five people, it can become a podcast, right? Like you have now started a company about podcasting. That's, that's a niche, right? And I think like, that's, what's so powerful about podcasting to me. You could have the only, you know, I love sneakers, right? You could, you could have the, there's, there's a million different types of uh, Nikes and Jordans you could have, but you could have a podcast that is only about, the Jordan one sneaker, which is one of like 500 sneakers and you would have a loyal, passionate following because, because of the nature of the marketing chain.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So I, I see you all the time on LinkedIn. I'm a huge fan of LinkedIn too. And you're talking about like published all the time. And that, that can look like a lot of different things depending on who you are and what you have to say, but don't stop creating, like keep testing new ideas and sharing those ideas. And where do you think that balance is between constant creation and sharing that content and sharing those thoughts and taking a step back and, and being strategic and saying, okay, what do what do people want to hear? What will be engaging enough so that it's not just me hopping on an interview with someone and, and talking because that was what's available that day? Like where do you in particular find that balance? Uh,
1: I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if I've done a good job with this. Cause I think the only podcasts that I've done have either been like me talking by myself, <laughs> talking by myself or having, having a guest to interview. And I think, I don't necessarily think that that's right or wrong. I've done it because I think if marketing is not fun, you're never going to be any good at it. And so talking and, and, and like hosting a radio show has kind of been like a dream. And and so I get to just do it on, on podcasts. And so that's, that's fun for me to do where, maybe if I was more of like a methodical storyteller, I would, I would do a podcast more of like the NPR style. And, and lately I've been thinking about like, maybe, maybe I should do something like that and, and learn that skill. But I think it's, it's the, the other format has been a little bit more natural to me and, and through marketing, which is kind of my niche and, and through, through the companies that I've worked at, like we've had like at Drift, for example, the whole strategy was like, let's talk to the best marketers out there. And, and at Privy, the whole strategy is let's talk to the best e-commerce marketers out there there. So it's not about me, it's about doing interviews with them. And so that that is made for an easy format, but I do think that especially in B2B we kind of tend to interview the same like 15 people over and over and over again and so I think there is a huge opportunity to to do something that is more creative and I think you know you should be the best marketers have to think about like evolving any any channel, right? Like email has to continue to evolve, social has to continue to evolve like Maybe I need to think about evolving the next version of like what I do for a podcast. But yeah, that's just kind of what I've done.
0: I always say, you know, who's it for? Why are you doing it with anything? I mean, that's just marketing, that's content, that's podcasting. So who are you doing this for? And the more specific you can get, the better. And why are you doing it? Because you can't you can't serve everyone with everything. And I think just hearing you say what you just said, I would add one more thing is is who are you? Like what do you bring to this? Because like you said if one one format one approach is more natural to you that does not make it the natural um engaging content for someone else so i think that that's a really important part of the equation too
1: i think you also have to learn like your audience also needs to drive some of this and and i think the audience that i the audiences that i have marketed to have told us what they want to hear is they want to hear from the experts and they want to hear like they want to have a conversation like they're having a coffee with an expert and someone, someone that they wouldn't get a chance to meet in real life. And so like that that's been an insight that has driven some of that. I think the cool part about marketing is like it has to be this continuous feedback loop. And so I I would be listening to what my customers and actual people that, that have a relationship with my business are saying.
0: How does podcasting fit into your you know CMO at Privy into your marketing strategy now. I mean is where does it fit in? How does it fit in? What role does it play to your company's overall marketing strategy as it sits today?
1: When I started at Privy, it was like it was the first thing that we did and it was intentional because we wanted to create something that was an anchor for the brand. The, the short answer is like, I think it's the most important piece of a brand building strategy, not an overall marketing strategy. I think, you know, you've got to generate demand and your, your podcast is not going to be a direct response marketing channel, at least in the early days. But from a brand building standpoint, it, it's the number one strategy. And I, I, w- I would do this for any business, any company. Like if, if I got into business with my father-in-law, who I see down down the driveway right now, like, and he's, he's a carpenter, the first thing that I would do to try to help build his brand would be like, we'd start a podcast and we would literally make a show about building houses and, and he would be the star of that show. And so because if you start with that podcast then you have audio and ideally you film it all. So you have video too. And if you have those two things, then you can easily like, you can get so much content out of that one episode. You can get blog posts, you can get video clips, you can get decks, you can get graphics. And so I've seen a lot of people try to go and like, think that you build a brand through like, well, we're just going to blog our way to a brand and tweet our way to a brand. And It doesn't work that way. And so like at Privy, the brand that we're trying to build is around e-commerce marketing. We want to own e-commerce marketing and be known for e-commerce marketing. And so what did we do? The first thing that we did in January was we launched the e-commerce marketing show, not the sexiest name in the world, but it's exactly what we want. It is a, it is a weekly show about e-commerce marketing that says, Hey, we're the experts in this thing. And we're going to bring on the best people from around the industry to come talk to you, come and listen to us. And now we've kind of planted that flag for our brand and said like, this is who we're for then from there, we can turn all of that podcast content into all the other things that are, that are going to feed the marketing machine that we have. And so like the podcast drives email content, it drives video content and all, all the stuff that, that I, I mentioned before. So it was honestly the first thing that we did because I think it's the most, it's, it's a marketing channel that gives you the most leverage. I think if you can, if you can start.
0: Yeah. I think quite often a lot of people stop short, right? So they publish, they go have a great conversation and they publish it. And then maybe they share it on social media and and then it's a separate siloed part of the overall strategy, right? So you have your other content and you have your email marketing strategy and you have your website, but you're not fueling it with those great conversations you have as part of the podcast. And, and I mean, obviously that's how I feel because that's the whole basis of casted, but is to have those great conversations. Yes. They're a show. Yes. They're a podcast, but what it's just the beginning, right? It's just step one of what else you can do with that great conversation.
1: About three weeks ago, we published an interview, an interview with a guy named Nick Sharma, who's a, who's a direct to consumer brand guy. And just today, like before this interview, I was catching up on stuff in Slack and, and Lauren, who runs our podcast and our blog, she posted a, a draft of a blog post that was five brands that are doing email right that you should learn from. And that whole post is is taken from like the stuff that Nick Sharma said on that post three weeks ago. And so that the post is not about Nick Sharma. It's about three brands that you should follow for email, which we know that our customers want. They want more email examples. And by the way, that's also like a, a money term from an SEO standpoint for us. And so like, that's an example just tactically about how one podcast episode drives more than the podcast. Like, I think that the biggest misconception is that like, people like oh you don't use the podcast enough and that means that you need to like email your list more about your podcast and promote your podcast more no 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 it's not that at all it's you need to take content it's it's sort of like writing a book right if you if you wrote a book for your company it would be silly to not try to like if you had a hired a writer and you had a 300 page book about your core topic as a company oh. would you only use that content in a book that's going to sit on a shelf, no way I would want to break that out and write you know, two blog posts a week based on that content. I would want to start a YouTube channel based on that content. I would want to make decks and presentations based on that content. So I think it's, it's to use the podcast as a way to get all of this content for your brand.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. ring it out. Bring every last drop out of it. Every drop. So we're all still social distancing. Um, everyone's talking about the new normal. What I think that assumes that there was an old normal, <laughs> which is a whole other conversation. But in the absence of events in, the, in whatever conferences are going to look like as we emerge from quarantine, tell me what role you think all of this that we're talking about with podcasts and, and rich content and rich media fit into marketing as we know it from this state forward.
1: I think to me... I think the thing that's changed the most is like there, there is, I think everything has kind of blurred. And so like, I've seen even like in our podcast, for example, people are just listening at all different times than they were. And I've, I've even noticed this in my personal life. Like I, I don't have a commute anymore. And so I have to put podcasts on at different times. I think like the thing that I've been thinking a lot about is just like, how do you create more, how do you create more on demand content as opposed to being like, go to our webinar at 2 PM tomorrow and and so I think like creating more on-demand content, but also creating content that you don't have to necessarily, like you should let your customer, let, let the listener, the consumer dictate the channel. So, Hey, great. You want to get this new deck? Like you can flip through it or you can watch the video version of it, or you can listen to it on our podcast. Like I love, we, we recently started taking like webinar recordings and, and replaying them on our podcast because when you send out when you send out a link on zoom like who's going to actually listen to that replay Versus like people are like now your webinars on the apple podcast feed or spotify and like you can go listen to that while you're while you're at the gym or doing whatever you're doing
0: yeah I, i mean again say say it louder for those in back it's everyone is doing these um online events and virtual events and webinars which is great that's awesome do those especially if they're working for you but that's great content and everything that you're saying here, like turn that into other content. Pull blog posts from it, pull recap emails from it, pull podcasts from it.
1: Can I give an idea? Let let's give an idea for people right on the spot. There's a really cool play that I think somebody could do, which is so I just did a talk for SurveyMonkey. They did this, I forget what it was called, but Leela, who's a CMO at SurveyMonkey, I got close with her at Drift. She's awesome. She asked me to do this talk. They have 17,000 people. They had 20, 30 different talks. Like the same day that, that that virtual event drops, I would have also taken all of those audio recordings and created like podcast artwork and dropped it as a new podcast in Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And make it like 30 episodes that you, you drop all at once. And so people could get then go like and listen to all that stuff on Apple Podcasts, like the same day versus having to sit down at the computer. Now on my phone, I have all 30 talks. I can go skip through the ones that I that I want and listen to the ones that I want to listen to. There was, I don't know if you remember this, there was a great series, maybe like 10 years ago called how to start a startup and it was from Sam Altman and Y Combinator. And they just, they literally just, it was recordings that they had from Y Combinator. They just ripped the audio and they put it in a podcast feed. And it was like the number one business podcast on iTunes. So why not, if you're already going to put in all that work, why not take the audio and like also put that on the podcast feed? And by the way, the people, you don't need millions of people to go listen to that. Like the hundred people who go listen to, who go to Apple podcasts and listen to your freaking virtual event on their, like in their podcast app, those are the super fans. Those are the ones that you want. Like, so I think somebody should take that and, and go and do that.
0: So you kind of transitioned to this already as far as advice. So you gave a really great idea, but I think bigger picture, what advice do you have for, other marketers, marketing leaders, marketing managers who either already have a podcast and really just want to take it to the next level, or even those who haven't jumped on board yet. What words of wisdom can you impart upon them?
1: Stop making excuses. How's that? I, I really and I'm not even trying to be a jerk. Like I just think that it's so easy to start a podcast today. Like I have a I have a private group of marketers and I, I have I just do a private podcast for them. All I do, Lindsay, is I record it into my iPhone. I don't edit anything. The audio is great because I'm usually just in a room. I literally go right into the voice memos app. I airdrop the file to my computer and I upload it. And that is my podcast. And people love that because it's the right, it's for those people, right? Like I can't do that to strangers. Nobody's gonna like that. And so that that's one example. Another example is like everybody's on Zoom right now. All your Zoom calls are being recorded. Like there you've already, you already know how to create a podcast that, that's already happening. There's your podcast. And so I, I just think that like, if, if like, I don't have the time or who's going to do this, like those are all excuses. Cause I think a, the technology is so easy and B it's happening enough already where you probably don't even need to go out and create like net new content if, if you don't want to. And so I think I would set a goal of after listening to this interview, be like, you know what, we're going to, we're going to launch our podcast by July 1st. Um, the other thing that I would say, though, is like if you do want to go take action on that, and I've made this this mistake a bunch of times, and so I tried not to do it with privy is like you gotta have five to ten episodes pre-recorded, so then you can get the feeling of of launching and having momentum go with it, right? Like marketing to me, marketing is a momentum game in that, like you know, you want this feedback loop. You gotta like, speed is important, and what happens is like you do a lot of work, you drop that first podcast, and either you forgot about it or, or you're upset cause like nobody listened to it. Like you, you have to be out there, you have to probably produce 20, 30, 40, 50, 100 episodes before people might actually start paying attention to it.
0: I, I totally agree. I think um, a lot of people shoot themselves in the foot and think that they're, they're gonna kind of fly the plane while they build the plane, right? But if you focus first on the content, And then focus on how am I going to not only publish, but promote and like really ring out, like we were talking about, ring out that content and listen. Listen to what you're, you have talked a lot about listening to your audience and I can do this for this group, but I can't really do it for this group and let the audience dictate this and tell you what they want. When you're really busy trying to create that next thing, it's really hard to listen and to pay attention to what's working and what's not and what to do more of. So couldn't agree more.
1: I also think like, the other thing is you, you have to just kind of put your head down and go and like, and commit to doing it and not worry so much about the, the results and the download numbers in the beginning. And so one thing that we, like when we launched the e-commerce marketing show at Privy, we didn't necessarily set a download goal. We set a goal of, I want to publish, like we want to be known for e-commerce marketing and we think the podcast is one way we can do that. And so one KPI for the podcast is we want to publish 50 plus episodes this year, because that means we'd be publishing once a week. And so like, we kind of use that as a mechanism to like, make sure that we were, you know, to to almost incentivize us to be publishing frequently. Like, Hey, one of the KPIs that our content team at Privy is going to be held to is like, are we publishing this?
0: So it's like accountability, right? It's a, it's an accountability partner saying, Hey, we're committing to this, this, uh, amount of content and stating it publicly and putting it out there so that you hold yourself to that number.
1: Yeah, like, yes, you have to have good content, but you also have to be consistent. Go look at, you know, go look at somebody like, you know, go look at a YouTuber like Casey Neistat. That guy was making videos for a decade before he blew up on YouTube. And and I think that the same has got to be true for your thing. And so you you should just stack the deck by saying, you know what, like, we're going to commit to this and we're going to show up every Friday morning at 7am. And that's going to be our, that's going to be our podcast.
0: Right. No excuses. Like you said, stop making excuses. (laughs) I like it. Okay, so any any other parting words for anyone who might still be on the fence or wondering how in the world they can get more out of their podcast?
1: I, I would think a lot about how can you document more of what's already happening inside of your company? Because I think it's going to be more interesting than you think. Like, you know, you you could have a really interesting podcast about like what's going on at Casted and like how you're building that company. And I think that would actually be a great brand channel for people to build relationships with you. And so even if you don't feel like, you know, don't don't feel like you have to go and get some unbelievably big name guests to, to be successful and to grow your show. Like if you worked in sales and you started a podcast that that was only talking about like how sales is going at your company and the tactics you're doing and the emails you're sending and the meetings you're running and the plays that you're learning like that, that would also be successful.
0: I love it. I love it. Thank you so much for sharing your thoughts, your insights, your experience with podcasting and uh, for being a part of the show.
1: Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for having me. I love podcasts and and I'm always happy to talk about podcasts on podcasts.
0: That's our show. Thanks for listening. For more from today's guest, visit casted.us to subscribe and to receive our show as it's published, along with other exclusive content each and every week.